Hello, I'm Murray Newlands, your host of the How To CEO podcast. Thank you for listening. The world has changed when you decided to become a CEO. You can build an amazing company or you can crash and burn. In order to build an amazing company, you need to have the knowledge you need to get ahead. And in this show, we hope to give you the, everything you need to know to get ahead as a CEO and build an amazing company. In this series, I'm joined by Miriam Zhao. Uh, Miriam, please yes. introduce yourself. Um, my name is Miriam Schwar. I am a person that wears many hats. I, uh, my background's in hardware. I worked as a video game developer for many years and then a tech journalist at Engadget. And then he went into um, C-level work at various startups, including Pebble, the smartwatch company and their heyday. And today I am a consultant helping companies launch products, small companies like yours and some bigger companies. And I have a podcast called the Mobile Tech Podcast at mobiletechpodcast.com, which is all about mobile technology. It's a weekly show. Uh, you can find me on Tink on Twitter at Tinkerl, T-N-K-G-R-L, like the comic book character without the vowels, if you want to have a conversation about what we're going to talk about on this show. And you can find me at Murray Newlands, uh, Murray Newlands, all on word on Twitter. And you can find my website, uh, murraynewlands.com. And if you go to murraynewlands.com forward slash CEO, you can find out more information about the show. And you can also take part in our contest by subscribing to win the latest Apple AirPods Pro yes. uh, in the month of November. That's so right. in this show, we're going to be talking about CEOs in troubled waters. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, oh boy. And uh, at the date of recording this show, there's some interesting news and uh, some CEOs facing troubled waters. Miriam, you wanted to talk about WeWork. So let's kick it off with that. Well, I mean, it's hard not to talk about WeWork, right? Because it feels like the, somebody just performed a magic trick and, you know, robbed us of, <laughs> of a lot of money. And I say us collectively as a tech industry. Um, yeah, it's it's quite quite the story. I mean, I I've been superficially following it since my my interest is more mobile tech. I, I don't consider WeWork to be a tech company, and I think that's the problem. I think that a lot of people, uh, it was you know valued evaluated as a tech company, but it really isn't. It's a real estate company, um, and in the same way as you know Uber and Lyft are uh, logistics companies, in my opinion. Um, and, and Airbnb to some extent too. So, you know, they use technology, but everybody uses technology and you should use technology if you're, you know, company, modern company today. So, you know, I'm not going to go over all the details of what's happened with WeWork, but the reality is that here's a company that, you know, got, you know, I'd like to say looked bigger and better than it really did for many years. And, and people kind of chomped to the bit. And then eventually, you know, the reality is it's not so rosy to the point where they were going to IPO and that's not happening, at least not right now. And, and the founder, Adam Newman, is turns out to be the biggest con artist in the whole, of, of all time. <laughs> to me, at least, it seems that way. I don't know how you feel about it. So I think, I think, uh, there's more and more money chasing um, the big deal, the big dream. And I think if you can build a company which which transforms an industry, as we, we saw that Apple transformed an industry, it, it, uh, uh, if you can build that technology company that 
transforms an industry, then you can obviously truly build a company with amazing value. And so investors are looking for that company that's doing that. And so the, the, the pitch to investors is, hey, we found this traditional uh, business, real estate. We've managed to put a different spin on it. You add some technology layer to it. And then you say, hey, this should get your technology uh, valuation rather than it being valued at one times revenue or whatever it is, you can value it at a zillion times revenue. Therefore, the company is worth infinitely more. If that model holds true, then you can use technology to change your business and you can build a massively valuable company. The, uh, the challenge is that it's hard sometimes for investors to see, uh, are they tr truly uh, changing the business? They, they, the investors truly want to have that belief that they are. And the challenge is, are they really changing that business? And it seems like uh, uh, we, um, we're, not, we're not doing that. Right. Um, yeah. the, the question is, like, how did they get so far on, on financials, which are obviously clearly so broken, and it seems like there were just a lot of, a lot of people that willed it to be true uh, and hoped that it was true, um, but it never actually was the case. Uh, so it's really the due diligence that that's really failed on this part. Um, and, a, and a CEO who has, has taken advantage of that, that will that it, it would be true, um, that, that magic really could happen uh, rather than a basic underlying business. Yeah, I mean, I think that ultimately, you know, it's a scam and, and some people are scammers. And I think this is what happened here. And it's unfortunate because it gives us a bad rap in tech right now when this is really not a tech company. And also when, you know, um, I think for me, the takeaway is that we shouldn't, we shouldn't invest in companies that are not tech companies and make them try to, you know, put them in that tech category or whatever you want to call it. Uh, because it's just detrimental to the rest of the, it's like, you know, when crowdfunding was a big thing and a few bad eggs uh, made crowdfunding fall, fall apart because they, uh, you know, basically scam people and abuse the system. And then people weren't able to crowdfund anymore. Crowdfunding is very important. Not everybody can raise VC money. And sometimes for a small startup, if you're a CEO, it's a great way to build community and raise money at the same time. But now you can't do that anymore because nobody takes these platforms seriously uh, because of these bad actors that came along and spoiled the well for everyone else. I think this is the same thing with VC money and big uh, companies like you know, SoftBank that got scammed um, because they wanted to believe, as you said, right? They wanted to believe. And uh, we, we need to be collectively more aware and less blind to these things. And I think it goes back to a bigger problem we have in Silicon Valley right now, which is something we see with Facebook and Twitter uh, around privacy and, uh, you know, about uh, free speech, which is that we are driven by greed too much. And, and I think that needs to change. I think the culture in Silicon Valley has gotten poisoned over the last 20 years. You know, it started out as, yes, of course we want to make money. We, we all, you're, it's a capitalistic economy. We want to be profitable and successful and there's nothing wrong with that. But I feel that 
technology has such an impact on people that we have to be mindful of how we affect these people and impact these people negatively or positively uh, more than ever as CEOs in tech. Um, and we have to remember that, yes, on one hand, we're here to make money and be and you know, be profitable and be businesses that are viable long-term. But at the same time, you know, we also need to be aware and mindful and careful about culture, society, and everything else and how we affect it. Doesn't mean you shouldn't disrupt. I think disruption is good, it, it's needed. Larger companies tend to kind of like rest on their laurels and disruptors and you know, new, smaller, more agile players that come in and push the buttons and sh change things around are good. But once you start realizing that the buttons you're pushing are affecting people in a bad way, you need to, I think, stop and think about how you're gonna change things to alleviate that problem. And that's not, that's not what we're doing. We don't have those checks and balances in place in the way we run our businesses in, in Silicon Valley anymore to do that. I'll give you an example. When I came to the Silicon Valley in the dot-com, you know, it was mostly run by engineers. And of course, that's not a good thing necessarily because the business side of it wasn't always very sound, right? As we saw from a lot of money that was lost when the bubble burst. But at the same time, you know, a lot of this kind of utopia and thought, positive thought about how we could change the world for to be better came from the idealism of engineering. And, and it was celebrated. And, you know, I saw my art, my artistic communities that I was involved with thrive because of the money that was made in tech, because people were donating money to, were basically curating artists and helping them out and curating the community and helping out the community with the profits they were making. And we don't see that as much. Everybody's just hoarding their money now. I mean, look at the market cap of Apple. They, they have so much money. But they don't seem to spend it on anything. Like, and, and so it's kind of weird to me that they don't do more philanthropy and take care of, you know, communities more and or uh, of, you know, the, the, the people who don't really necessarily, uh, you know, kind of rely on on. on patronage right um well i so think it's hard i think it's hard if you're a, obviously it's hard if you're a ceo and you're looking at um it appears to be many hard for many ceos when they're looking at the dollar signs when they're looking at where their money uh truly comes from uh how that money is driven um, I know it's hard, but I'm not talking about small startups here. I'm talking about companies oh, yeah. once they're past the startup stage are successful. And, you know, and, and I guess that's, you know, that's why I think you, you need to be, you need to build that into the culture of your company as a CEO. You can drive that from a very, from a very early stage to make sure you work with your VCs and your customers and your, your employees and your executive team to that. Everybody's on the same page that, you know, we are, you know, going to act responsibly towards the public and the universe out there and the way we conduct our business. That yes, we're here to make money and yes, we're here to disrupt and yes, we're here to do cool stuff because that's ultimately why we all become CEOs because we have an idea and we want to see it follow through, right? I but think I want to it for the money, but I think that's, you know, that's not really what it should be about. The thing is, I wanted to challenge you with that. You with that. In the last episode, you said that uh, for Chinese companies, uh, when talking about mobile uh, phones, you said, look, they, the Chinese market is so big that they don't really care about the, uh, the American market. Right. Uh, I think people start their companies for different reasons. 
And, and you're saying that we should start a company um, in order to basically do good in the world. I'm saying that in Silicon Valley, we have a responsibility to do that. So I, think we have a, I think we have a responsibility to do that. In software and services. And China has a responsibility to do that by being environmentally better at manufacturing hardware because they drive the, the uh, innovation in hardware. They don't care, though. And there's nothing we can really do to force them right now other than not buy their products. And I, and I think that's the same with technology companies. A lot of CEOs set up technology companies to make money and they don't really care whether or not they're doing good for society. And that's the problem. And, and the only way that we can uh, respond to that if we want to uh, is not to buy their products. But it's hard to do when you're already kind of, you know, part of the ecosystem and so invested in it. Like Google is a good example. I love Google. I love what they do. And I don't think they're very evil, but I think that, you know, how do you wean yourself away from Google? At this point, Google, in my opinion, is a utility, right? It's, it's like in, in my world, I, the way I see it is there's, there's electrical utilities, there's water utilities, there's all that. There's the, and ISPs are utilities in my universe and Google has become a utility. And I'd like to argue that Facebook has become a utility. Now, I'm, I'm being a little excessive here. Maybe utility is not the right word, but I think we're at a point where the West, North America, Europe, can't really run businesses properly without relying on Google and ISPs. Just the, way, the same way as they can't run businesses properly without having a lease or, uh, you know, or a mortgage on a property and or an electrical bill and a phone bill and, and a water bill to pay, right? So at that point, you know, when it gets that big, you know, when it starts affecting the lives of millions of people, I think we have a responsibility. And so the problem is the reason we get into that space of not of realizing too late that we have that responsibility and then having a really hard time changing course, as you can see with Facebook, is that at that point we have investors, we have, you know, a lot of money involved. But if we think about that from the early stages, I think we can make a difference. I think we can make it so that, you know, it's part of the culture of the company to start with. But I mean, I think, I think a lot of investors only want to hear about how much money you're going to provide them as a return. And if you're only going to provide them uh, with monetary value for a return, they want you just to just do, simply to just do everything that, uh, that's going to provide a larger and larger return, no matter what those things are. I didn't and say the system wasn't broken, Murray. It's, <laughs> it's the holistic thing I'm looking at here. I'm trying to say to you that in my experience, what I'm seeing is that Silicon Valley 20 years ago was much more conscious and aware of this somehow without trying too hard. And then it got worse in the teens. And now it's at a place where we're, you know, like the second wave, right? The web 2.0 wave, which gave us Facebook and all that. That was when I think the wealth started getting poisoned. And I can tell you why. It's because when the first gold rush happened, the dot-com and the bubble blew, the people in Wall Street in the East Coast said, oh, look at that mountain of money we can make over there. And they took their very business-centric, money-centric, greedy models back to Silicon Valley by instead of, you know, taking over their families. um, you know, rail barren empire, they decide, hey, let's go to Silicon Valley and make money, right? But isn't it in the case where wherever there's huge amounts of money, then it becomes about the money. It is, but at the same time, maybe we can maybe we can make a difference the next time around. Maybe we can look at this and go, okay, you know, how I mean how can we make it better? You know? And I don't think it I don't think it 
it goes against making money. Like, I, I think that's the thing. When I see how much money people are making right now, I'm like, do you really need more? Like, do you need that much? Like, you're set for life and your family is set for 10, for 10 generations. Like, uh, okay, maybe, you know, like, here's, I give you an example. I like using Uber and Lyft. It's very convenient. It's, it's gotten worse in terms of quality of service, but I think a lot of that has been driven down by competition, by the prices going down, and the drivers are not going to make are making enough money. And yes, it costs me nothing to use the service, but the service sucks, and the people working the service are not making money. I'd much rather spend double on a Lyft ride, make sure the driver gets paid properly, and you know, um, get get better service from it. You know. Yeah, however, I mean, there are, there are some great companies like Patagonia, shout out to Patagonia, who have built an amazing company with great profits and people buy that product or sell that product because um, many of the times because they believe, I mean, the product's not necessarily so differentiated, but they believe in the ethics of the company. So I think we, we the general we consumers, we need to buy into companies who, who do deliberately take steps to build a better world. And that will drive the decision-making because if we buy those products and services because we can buy them, then that will drive profitability into those companies that are doing something. So I think we can make a difference. I think it's a question of highlighting those companies that do make a difference and us uh, sticking by those companies with our dollars. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. It's like a change needs to happen. And if you look at, you know, what's happening right now with Twitter and Facebook, you know, uh, Facebook and the political ads, for example, we, it's clear that Facebook influenced the last election in the U.S. and they might be influencing it again. And the fact that Zuck cannot have straight answers when, when asked uh, questions by politicians about, you know, what they're, and Facebook is doing to alleviate this, it really worries me because it means that they does not that he doesn't have the answers. He doesn't want to give the answers because they're not the answers that we want to hear. And they're not the answers we want to hear because of, you know, greed and, and these weird kind of hypothetical values around free speech and stuff. It's just like, you get to a point when you're this big Facebook and you have responsibilities and I, it's like pg and &E and the fires in California, right? It's like you get to a point where you're responsible for how your company affects other people's lives to the point where if you don't self-regulate, if you don't look at the better good of the world, somebody should pull the carpet from under your feet. Well, I mean, as of uh, recording the show, uh, today's the day when uh, when Twitter have made the announcement they're going to stop um, they're going to stop carrying political ads. It's a total PR play, which which I think is is ironic given uh, given Trump's influence over over the election process with Twitter. Um, but and it's a total PR play. But equally, you could see, you can see that uh, there is political pushback now with what these companies uh, have been doing. And you can see that uh, it is a real PR play. Uh, brands will start to, to, uh, to pay attention to it. And the fact that, that it, this is a PR play is because we, we do care about it. Um, I hope so, yeah. I mean, look, I'm, I'm, I'm an optimist. I think things are gonna resolve themselves eventually somewhere or another. I'm just saying that right now, if you're a CEO out there or you're about to start a company or your company is doing well and you're still in the younger stage where you still don't affect people's lives too much, but you're providing a really great experience to your customers and they love you, please take a step back and make sure that continues. You know, please put up your barriers to the, the people who are trying to guide you the wrong way by saying, no, I'm not going to do that. 
And it's interesting with the trend where, with the, with the pushback against Silicon Valley, against like with Twitter having to make this announcement, it's interesting that it's becoming such a hot uh, button issue that it is actually potentially an issue for uh, young companies, for startups to grab customers, to get market share, to get dollars, and therefore to build big companies reliant upon the fact that they are uh, doing something more positively, behaving in a positive way. And so, so that, that very pushback could be the thing that enables those companies to grow and grow with the, if you grow based on the fact you're gaining consumers by the fact that you operate a, um, in a positive way for society, then it, even if, as you grow big, it's going to be hard for you to change direction uh, without opening up that opportunity for other companies. So I, that, that I see as the, uh, the pendulum swinging. Yeah, um, and that's a, a great opportunity. I think it's going to be very challenging. And, and again, you know, for some people who are listening and say, oh, Miriam is so naive. I'm 50 years old. I've been around the block. I know what's going on out there, folks. I'm just saying that I think we have a responsibility and we need to we need to just be adults about this, okay? We, we, we can't stop pretending to be a bunch of kids that are going to just make money, right? And, and that's the reality is that we owe the world something back for all the things we do. That's, that's just the best way to look at it, you know? And yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's go out there and make money and have a good time doing it and make, but also let's make this, you know, make, make things better for people. And you can't anticipate everything. You're going to have PR disasters and you're going to have, you know, things that you do wrong. But when you do, you know what? Be an adult about it. Like just say, hey, we didn't do this right. Let's change it, right? Rather than dig in and, and try to justify and make excuses like we see Zuckerberg doing in front of the, the government right now, right? Um, so I think this is, this is the thing. It's like, let's, let's not be cowards, okay? Absolutely. And we would love to hear, if you've got thoughts on this, if you're building a company which uh, relies on ethics as part of your go-to-market strategy, or you have an opinion on this, we would love to hear from you uh, in the notes on this. Uh, I think that's it from uh, today's episode. Yeah, good one. Uh, I've been Murray Newlands. And I'm Miriam Joar. You've been listening to the How To CEO show. Thank you very much. If you want to connect with Miriam, how do you do that again? At Tankerl, T-N-K-G-R-L on Twitter. And at Murray Newlands on Twitter. See, thank you very much for subscribing. Please do share, share it with your friends. This is the How to CEO show. I will see you next time. Cheers, everybody.